Hello and welcome back to Small Talk. We've got a great episode ahead as we speak with a duo from Central College. I'm your host, Katie Mucci. Each week on this show, we highlight the past and present of Division Three, with both current and former student athletes joining to talk about their experiences, their favorite on-campus spots, the craziest road trip stories, and more. This week, we've got Franny Burnett, a current member of the softball team, and Laura Olson, a former member of the squad. We talk about the program's close relationship with alumni, the time the team had to help flip pancakes, why they love Division Three, and more. Thanks for joining this week. Now it's time for some small talk. Hi, I'm Franny Barnett. I am a current member of the softball team here at Central College. Hi, I am Laura Olson. When I played at Central, I was Laura Bach. And I am a 30 year out alumni. I graduated in um, 93. I am currently a high school teacher and have been doing that for 26 years. And I teach um, in the sciences, so all the life sciences, and I have been coaching as well 25 plus years. Thank you both for hopping on here today. I'm excited to have you and chat some central softball. We are at the very beginning of the season. Your season starts this weekend uh, for games, at least. Um, so excited to get you on here, and I appreciate you taking time when I know you are very busy getting prepped for it, Franny. Um, so first thing we'll chat about is just campus life. Um, kind of see what's changed. You said it's been 30 years since you graduated. So I'm sure plenty has changed around campus in the area. Um, so Franny, I'll have you kick this one off and just tell us, you know, what are kind of the spots where you and your teammates hang out? What are some favorite local places, restaurants, coffee shops, whatever? And then Laura, if you want to follow up and just let us know, were any of those there when you were there? Did you guys go to the same places or if not, what were your spots? So Franny, you can start it. Thanks. Um, so Honestly, there isn't like a specific spot that we kind of um, have designated, I guess, for for our team. We do a lot of team activities and those are kind of all over campus. Um, I will say like some of the coffee spots that I know a lot of people love is Smoky Row because we can do so much homework there. Um, another place is George's. George's, the pizza is so amazing. Um, I don't know how long that's that's been around, but um, Georgia is definitely one of the best pizza places I've probably ever had. Um, but yeah, there's really not a specific um, place I would say that um, we like to we like to designate as a as a as a spot. There are a lot of times where like upperclassmen will have they live in either a house or they live on in the pods, um, and so we will usually hang out there quite a bit especially once we're in the season and we're kind of together all the time so yeah and I would have to agree with Franny with George's so we definitely went to George's it was a favorite Um, we would go there before games we would go there after games Uh, interesting thing there were no coffee shops um, when we were there so Smokey Row was not there Um, Pella was very different um, in the 90s and uh, we basically had George's. We had Bredo um, that we would go to. There was a Hardee's um, that was there. And McDonald's was way too far from campus, so we never went there. 
And then everything that's on the other side, um, the Arby's and the Culver's and all that was not there at all. So it was pretty much George's and Queef's um, that we, um, Central Food Service, um, that we went to. Um, we did the movie theater. So the movie theater is also different than it was back then. There was one movie that played every week and as a student, you bought a pass and that pass allowed you to um, go to the movie free every single week. So um, George's was there. And then like Franny said, with our upperclassmen, whoever lived in the houses, the, the um, pods weren't there at the time, but whoever lived in the houses, that's where we hung out um, and um, just kind of kicked back there. So that's awesome. I love that. I like when there's been a place that's kind of a staple and it's been around for that long. So um, very, very cool there. And Laura, for you, you're not there. Obviously, you graduated. You're you're off in the working world and everything. But do you get back often or, or every year or anything for some games? I get back very frequently. Um, something you might not know is that my daughter actually ended up playing at Central as well. She is a, a 19 grad. And so I was there quite a bit. And um, even since I graduated, I have followed the team very, very closely. Um, but then between 2015 and 2019, when Kylie was playing there, um, I got back quite a bit. So a lot of the places Franny was talking about, I love now. So I love going to Smoky Row and um, all of that kind of stuff too. So it's been very neat to see how Pella has changed in that 30 years and also how Central has changed and actually how the team has changed, the team dynamics. Um, there's a lot of things that are the same, but there's a lot of things that have evolved and I think evolved for the better. That's awesome. I, I love that you got to go back. And that's so fun that your daughter decided to go play for your program. I bet that was nice for you. I was secretly jumping up and down um, <laughs> inside when that happened. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. We've had some other parents on this where we, the parent is the the former student athlete and the, the kid is the current. And um, they're always like, I wanted them to go there, but I wanted to let them have their own choice. So it's probably a bit sweeter when they get their own choice and they still choose it. It is. I actually made her go look at some other colleges first because <laughs> she she basically came with me all the time and yeah. <laughs> um, said that that's where she was going to go. But I'm like, nope, you got to go visit somewhere else. And then she's like, I'm going to Central. I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Great. That's awesome. Um, so now let's think about time off campus. So traveling and before we got into the interview, I was talking to Franny a little bit about their schedule for this year. But um, let's talk. Let's talk about the travel just situation. So Laura, I'll have you start this one off. But um, one thing that's been interesting is talking about the differences in travel uh, equipment or travel vehicles. So what was travel like for you when you were on the team? Interesting. This is one of the things that I think has changed for the better. Um, when we used to travel, we did not take spring trips to Florida. We did not take spring trips to Arizona. Um, so we went to Joplin, Missouri and Pittsburgh, um, Kansas. Um, but we got to drive ourselves in vans. So we had these um, three white vans and players actually got to drive. And sometimes coach got to drive and that was always scary. 
um, when that happened. Um, but that's usually how we traveled around. And then my junior and senior year, we got our first bus. And so we got our first bus driver um, and kind of traveled more in what we would call slippy um, or the bus at that point. Um, but yeah, it, that has definitely, definitely changed where we would have to give our licenses um, to the transportation people. And then we just got to drive the vans and that was crazy. You said it was scary when coach drove, were there any teammates that you were like, you know what, <laughs> we're not going to let you have the wheel today. Um, no, but we did um, try to entice some teammates when coaches were sleeping to go maybe a little faster <laughs> than the speed limit. That's fair. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I completely understand that one. So Franny, we know it's a bit different now for you. I'm sure you're in buses, maybe coach buses with a charger, Wi-Fi. Um, what's it like for you guys these days? Well, that, that response that you had, Laura, kind of just blew my mind. I can't imagine driving our, not that, like this sounds crazy, but I can't imagine us driving to our destination in separate vans because like I've always um, we still have Slippy. So I've always been used to having a bus driver and then we'll take Slippy to just about everywhere. Um, and we have had the luxury of getting a charter every once in a while. Um, but we do since, like you said, like we do go to Arizona and we went to Florida once Um we do get to fly there. Um, I can't imagine driving that long in a van. Um, and it's funny to me that you actually um, got to drive it because like, I can't imagine coach being okay with any of us actually taking, taking the wheel and driving all the way to wherever the destination is. Um, but that's very different from, from what I have now because like, I can't, like, I really can't imagine any of my teammates driving a van with, um, with coaches in it. Like, I just, that kind of blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> so it's kind of like, Franny, when you guys go to um, Arizona and you have all your different vans, it's kind of like that was our every, every single game that we went to or every single, like, when we went to Pittsburgh and things like that. Um Coaches would actually like sleep and we actually preferred it when coach didn't um, drive because coach has a tendency to hit mailboxes and um, get lost. Even when we went to William Penn, which was my very first year, um, my freshman year, our very first game was against William Penn and they were in our conference at that time. And I know you got the JV plays William Penn right now. Um, but coach got lost on the way to the field and we were late for warmups. Um, and my pitcher at the time had to pitch like a really long time in order to warm up. And it was so frantic. And I remember looking at Larry and I'm like, Larry, are all the games like this? And he's like, no, cause normally coach doesn't drive. Wow. That's, oh, ac no. that's actually crazy to, to hear that. I'm going to have to bring that up to him at some point this season, see what he says. Ask him about the mailbox in Simpson. That's okay. the mailbox that he backed out of a driveway and he hit someone's mailbox and he made Sam, who was our assistant coach at the time. I think you've met Sam. Yep. Um, he made Sam go up to the door and give her some money <laughs> for the mailbox. Oh my gosh. I'm going <laughs> to definitely need to bring that up. That is hilarious. Oh, wow. So he, you've had the same coach the whole time. Then I guess I didn't even realize that. 
Yeah, yeah. this is his fortieth year, um, I believe, wow. coaching. Oh him. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And we'll need we'll need a follow-up email from you, Franny, about what he says about that mailbox. That's hilarious. Um so on the road trip, I know I think Laura, you said you guys didn't really have many spring break trips, but I know Franny, you have some this year. I assume you've had some in the past. What are some maybe fun trips you've gone on or touristy things you've gotten to do? Franny first. Um well, so like my freshman year we had COVID. Um, and so we didn't actually get to really travel. Um, we, we got hit pretty hard. We had a month right in the start of our season where it was completely cut off and we didn't get to actually travel anywhere. Um, but then the following year we got to go to Georgia and then Florida. Georgia is probably one um, of the coolest places that we've traveled. Um, granted, I've only really traveled to Florida, Arizona, and then Georgia for the lead off. But um, I've never been to Georgia before. Um, and so just getting to, to be there, um, getting to play is pretty cool. But um, playing in Arizona is probably my favorite because you get to play and the feel like the background, um, you have the mountains. And when you come from Iowa and everything is just flat and there's really not much else to it, it is um amazing to be able to just look out in the outfield or right behind home plate and see mountains and you're getting to play softball the sport that I I love and then getting to see a beautiful landscape like that it's it's very it's very cool and maybe getting slightly warmer weather too oh that probably yeah, doesn't that hurt. also helps <laughs> <laughs> Laura did you guys have any, I know you had some NCAA tournament trips did you guys get to anywhere cool when you were there um, well, like I said, we would take like weekend trips to um, Missouri. We'd take weekend trips trips to Kansas, and it it was a little bit different um, back when we played because we would actually go down and try to play Division two and um, Division one schools because of how seedings happened back then. It's a little bit different. Oh, it's a lot different than it happens right now. So we would go down. Um, to Oklahoma City and we would play NAIA Division One schools um, trying to, you know, getting those wins and that would then give us a better seating, um, a better chance of posting our regionals and things like that. We did get to go to Houston once. We did get to fly. That was like a regular season. Um, and then my sophomore year, we had nationals out in Eastern Connecticut. So we flew out to Connecticut so we flew a couple of times, um, but a lot of times we just drove and um, didn't have those extended trips like they get to do now where they're gone for like 10 days, 14 days and play a ton of games in just a short period of time, which is really great that they get that many games in, but it can be really hard um, on their bodies as well and be very tiring. Definitely hard on the body and also probably hard to keep up with classwork, although hopefully some of that hits your actual spring break time. Um, speaking of classwork, let's talk about a little bit, a little bit about academics. Um, Franny, what is your major currently? And then Laura, what is yours or what was yours? Um, my, I am actually a chemistry major, um, minored in math. So I, I completed that, I think last, last year, um, my math minor, but yeah, I am a chemistry major. Laura. Franny, that's awesome. <laughs> <Thanks>. Um, <laughs> I, in. 
So I started, Franny, I was going to, um, when I went into Central, I was also going to be a chemistry major until I took OCHEM. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not what I am going to do. Um, but I, then I also had at the time, who was not there anymore, um, he has passed, but Dr. Um, Bosch was there and he was the biology teacher. And at the time, I was thinking I wanted to go to PT school. So we had something called, um, oh, God, what is my... <laughs> degree. Um, you basically got to design your um, degree. I, for, I don't know if you still have that right now, but I did natural science. So I did a lot of the life science. I did behavioral science. So a lot of psych, a lot of sociology, and then applied arts. So it's basically a triple major. Um, and that was things like anatomy, kinesiology, and things like that. And it was to prep to go to um, PT school. Um, was my initial thought. I ended up going to um, cardiac rehab, which is what um, I did my master's work in. But then, lo and behold, I became a, a teacher because I was a TA during that time. And then I became a, a teacher. So it was, a, it was a long kind of winding road. But that, that's, that's kind of my path from Central. Very cool. So this is the call of women in STEM. I love that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Franny, for you, since you're in the thick of it right now, what maybe as you're, you've experienced Central College, what has been just your experience there with academics and, and getting to do that while you still get to play a sport you love? You know, something that um, I, I really love about Central and um, because it is a little bit of a smaller school, it is a private college. Um, I have grown great relationships with my professors. Um, they've had years and years of softball players come through their door and I'm just another one of them. Um, but something that I really love about um, my classes and even since I was a freshman, um, I've been able to grow a, a relationship with my professors and I feel incredibly comfortable to go ask them questions or even just have a conversation, um, you know? And so that, like, like Laura said, Ochem was, Ochem was not easy. Um, it, it definitely kept getting harder from there on, but um, there's some really great professors here. And um, what's great about um, this school is that the more you get, at least for my major, the more you um, go into your major, the, the smaller the class sizes are. Um, like I have seven people, seven classmates um, in one of my classes right now. Um, I've been under 10 for for a, a lot of my classes uh, lately. And so you really get to grow a connection with those professors and it does hold you to a, to a higher standard because they know whether you show up or whether you're not and um, they know if you participate in class or not. And so just even the nature of it, um, it helps push you to, to really um, do your best in those courses because you are growing that relationship, but also there aren't many of you. And so they, they do see that. And um, I love that about, about Central. And we have that, we have an open door policy. They have that. And whenever their door is open, you can go and talk to them about anything, whether that's homework or exams or anything like that. And so um, that I love that about Central. And that's one of the reasons that I chose this place to not only pursue softball, but also my degree. So and Laura, when you look back at it and you made the decision to go to Central, what um, what do you think you learned during your time there or just being a student athlete there that 
has helped you um, once you got out into the the working world? I would say being 30 years out, um, and I think Franny, you will see this next year um, in the year after, is that a lot of the things that I went through at Central, whether it was on the softball field, uh, with my teammates, in classes, um, and I love that Franny used relationships, I think, because that is one of the keywords when I think of my time at Central that sticks out is relationships with classmates, with professors, with just people around campus, um, the lunch lady, knowing your name when you came in. Um, so I actually, a lot of the things um, that I've had to experience in, in 30 years post um, undergraduate, whether it is a serious illness or, or whether it is a death of a family member or whether it is my coaching that, um, you know, I've had to rely on some of the things that I learned um, in my classroom. I use so much of what we went through on the team, um, lessons that we learned. I, I sincerely believe that the four years after high school are probably the most form formidable um, years in developing who you are going to be as an adult. And it surprises me, even at 50 plus years old, that I often think back to what happened at Central or an obstacle that we overcame or a success that we had and how that influences how I parent and how I teach um, and how I interact and have relationships with other people. So I think it's a really great gift. And Franny, I'm super excited for you that, you know, you're going through this. And I've loved watching Franny over the years. I remember going to a game her freshman year. And I'm like, who is that? Because she is on fire. And like, you can't take your eyes off of her when she's on the field, no matter where she's at. Um, so I'm glad you're experiencing that, Franny, and I've seen you grow over the years. And I, I think when you're 50 plus years old and someone asks you about it, um, I think you will kind of have similar answers because of experiences that you've had. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. All right. So now let's get into some story time. So the first thing I'll have you share is your funniest or craziest but appropriate story. And Laura, you already told us about the mailbox. So you have to come up with a new one. Uh, another funny story. Um, so Laura, you can kick it off and Franny, you can follow up with yours. So Larry asked me, I, I talked to Larry a little bit today, who is our sports information director um, who has been around since I've been there and obviously is still there um, today. And he's like, what stories are you going to tell? And I'm like, oh my gosh, Larry, I... There's so many that I want to tell. Um, but things were different when we traveled. And so I said, um, one of the things that I remember is we went to Oklahoma City and we were playing some games and we went in to have breakfast and they were totally understaffed and not prepared for a three vanfuls of women to come in and have breakfast before their game. And so... Kelly McDonald, um, who was our first baseman, who was my same age 
and I decided that we would go back into the kitchen to the cooks and volunteer our services to make pancakes. And so there we were with all of our uniforms on and we're sitting back there making pancakes with the cooks in Oklahoma City um, just so that our team could eat breakfast. And a couple of the other um, teammates, they went and grabbed the orange juice, they grabbed the milk, they grabbed the coffee. So we basically started serving the whole restaurant um, at this point, did get our breakfast done and did get out um, in time in order to get to our game. But in our full central uniforms, we just were like, well, needs to get done. Um, so we took pictures with the cooks that were back there. They were so appreciative. Um, of us coming back and helping them make, make pancakes. So that's an appropriate story um, <laughs> that we can tell. There, you Th go. There, what, there were some stories about maybe some mattresses ending up at the pond. Um, you know, so there, there are some of that. There's some mattresses that ended up on Coach's uh, yard um, that belonged on campus. But those are some things that we share at camp sometimes in private. <laughs> Okay, I won't ask any questions, but I, <laughs> I do. How good were the, were the pancakes good? They taste good? Yeah, we are great pancake makers. Good. Amazing. Um, Franny, how about you? Well, I, I can't say that we, we ever made pancakes or threw mattresses out on the coach's lawn, uh, but there is one that sticks in my mind that um, is pretty memorable. So I think it was my sophomore year, and I and I believe it was in Georgia. We were we were flying to Georgia, and our flight kept getting delayed to to get there. And it had been about four or five hours. And then we finally got on the plane to go to Georgia. We finally got there, and it was very very late at night. And we were we needed our vehicles to get to the to the hotel. And uh, we got there, and it was so late uh, that the the place that was supposed to give us our vehicles was, I guess, closed. And the, I don't know if Laura can relate to this, but when coach gets upset, you just, you just know that something's going to happen. And so um, we're, we got all our luggage and we're chugging along and we're trying to figure out where to go. And so we're um, the people that are telling coaches, like, we're not, we, we don't have a vehicle for you. So you're going to have to wait three or four more hours until somebody gets here. And so we're all set in camp in this, uh, this building that has all the vehicles and we're all, we're all laying our stuff out, trying to figure out how we're going to sleep or do whatever we need to do for the next two or three hours. And you can see coach's face is so red and he's walking up and down these aisles, trying to figure out like, who does he need to talk to? And by that point, he finally found somebody and we start to go to this garage where our vehicles are. And then we get there and there's nobody there. And so we're starting to set up camp there. Like we're going to have to be laying here on the curb for about three or four hours. And everybody's looking up how far is our hotel? We can probably walk there. And um, by, I don't know, coaches, well, I don't know what he did, but he got somebody out there and about an hour or so later, we were on the on the car, but we were all just laying, trying to set camp in a parking lot. And then I, I can't tell this story because I, I feel like you have to be there. But I I was it was it was a story. It was definitely an, a crazy experience to first of all, to have all those delays, but then to get there. And we thought we were going to be spending the night in the, on the floor in a vehicle 
building or the, <laughs> the floor of a garage building. It was very crazy. Yeah, the travel issues are always the worst, especially when you can't just like get an Uber because you're like, we have 30 people here. How do we get yeah, all of this? It was, it was not pleasant. To kind of talk a little bit about, I think, how alumni and current players are connected. When Franny was going through that, when the team was going through that, a lot of us alumni knew that, um, that, you know, they had the delay, that they didn't have um, their travel, that they didn't have vehicles. Um, so I think that's one of the things that I've really appreciated about graduating from Central and staying kind of connected is that we knew that like we were like oh my gosh what are they going to do we were so worried about them and where are they going to get to their spot on time um, for that so I remember feeling for your team um, when I heard that all of that had happened. That's awesome that you guys have that kind of connection through the years I am sure that's nice for you for any to think about or wonder about when you go out into the world and have to look for jobs and you have those connections already kind of built in places. So those were funny or crazy stories, but let's talk about just your favorite memories. So you guys have obviously had lots of success during your time at Central on the team. Um, and so maybe it's on the field, but maybe it's something just with the team in general. So what are your favorite memories? And Brandy, I'll have you start this one and then Laura, you can follow up. Um, well, you know, something about my my timeline here at Central is when I was uh, a freshman, we, so this was the year right after COVID had really hit. Um, and then the, so the year before me, their, their season got completely cut off. Right. And so when I got on the campus, um, we, COVID was still very much around. And so our season was not just like everybody else's season. Our season was not normal by any means. And, um, there were, there were plenty of struggles and roadblocks. Like, like I had said, um, prior to this, I, we had a whole month, we had just started practices. We were getting ready to, to play. And then we got hit with players getting COVID. And then we were, we were shut down for about a month. Um, and then we were just still just trying to, to make it through and trying to get through that season the best we could. Um, so my, I believe my experience is, is completely different from, from those who come before me because we didn't have COVID, you know, and um, just last year, we, we finally got back to, to the standard that is central softball. And like, when you think of central softball, you think that's, that's a winning team. That's a, that's a team that, that makes a run every year. And um, the seniors last year, um, when I was a junior, None, none of us had ever really experienced the postseason. Not even really. We we hadn't. Um, and so, what was really special about last year and what we're continuing to to grow to get back to what it was, is that we had to really rely on coach to um, to help us get to where we wanted to go, which was make a postseason run. And um, what I what I think is is really amazing is that not only me, but the seniors and then everybody else that we had on the team really trusted coach because he had been there before. Um, we, we talked to past alumni to hear about um, what their experience was like and how they handled the postseason. And one of the best memories for me thus far is um, getting to hear our name called on um, the selection show, hearing that first of all, we were going to host um, but that we were even in it, you know, and um, 
I can't even explain the stress and the worry that we were all feeling that day when we, um, when the name, the names kept getting called and central wasn't one of them. And we were all just like, did, did we, did we make it or did we not? Um, and when we heard our name and then we heard that we were, we were hosting, it was so much joy. And then just getting to experience what a postseason even was, was exceptionally memorable for me because I had never experienced it before. And, and that's what we want to do this year. We want to, our goal is never to, our goal isn't even to make it. Our goal is to make a run. Um, and so that's something that I've really, um, I really think back to now because we, we had a quite a bit of roller coaster um, my first two years here than the year prior or to when I had come to central. Um, but that selection show was, was real is really important to me. And um, I believe for a lot of the players who are on that team too, because we, we had finally done what every team before us had done before. And so, yeah, I would say that's probably one of the most memorable moments for me is, is really starting to feel like this is what central softball does. And then I finally get to experience this and hope to experience it again this year too. Franny, um, you guys have the selection show now where they do the video and all of that kind of stuff. So back in the day, um, we would all meet in the room, which was across from Gert's office, which you guys don't, I don't know, think that you guys use that office or actually, I think maybe it's where they take recruits now. It's in the field house. I don't, I don't know what it's used for right now, but we used to go in and um, all sit there and we had to wait for a phone call. So there was no selection call or selection show. We all had to sit there and we had to wait and we had to wait. And coach was in the other office and he was waiting for a phone call. And then he would like come out of the office and we would all look at him like, uh, do you know yet? And he's like, nope, we don't know yet. And so then he would go back in. And so that's how we would find out like if we made it, if we're hosting and all that kind of stuff. So it's, I love how that has evolved for you guys that it's, it's really cool. The selection show thing is, is really cool, but that's how we used to do it. Um, and I, I guess I'm on the other end of Franny where when I came into central, um, central had already won one national. So they had the uh, 88 national that they came off of. And I came in the fall of 89, 89. Yep. And my spring of 90 was my first, was my freshman season. Um, so they had just come off a national championship. I had really no idea like what that meant. We ended up going to nationals that year. And as a freshman, like you just don't remember anything. Um, but it was in BV and we ended up third and I didn't think anything of that. And we started our next season and no one really thought we were going to do anything. We were very, very young. We had sophomores, uh, a couple of juniors, and one senior that started um, that year. And we flew out to Eastern Connecticut and Trenton State and Eastern Connecticut um, and us. And we're the three basically top teams. And when we went out there and to win our national championship by beating the number one team in the country that was there all year, which was Trenton um, at the time um, and, and Eastern, they were like one and two, that was really cool. But I think one of the most memorable was my senior year and we were in Decatur, Illinois, and that's where nationals were that year. 
and coach stopped at the mall and he had um, a lady at the mall that was playing the piano. He had her play the rose for us before we went to the championship game. So we had no idea we were stopping and we were all in our, our uniforms, our white uniforms um, and had her play the rose for us at the mall. And then we all got back on the bus and we went out to the field um, and they had to beat us twice. Um, and so we were kind of in the driver's seat right there and we were playing Trenton and we were winning. And I remember coach coming out and talking to Emily, who was the pitcher at the time, Emily Grimes and myself. And he's like, should we blow this? He goes, should we throw this game so that we can play one more? Um, and I just remember like crying on the field and I was seriously going to say, yes, we should probably just play one more game. But I think that year was really cool. That surprise of him kind of thinking of that, um, that we experienced that and then to then go on and win um, the national um, that year was, was kind of cool. So I want that for you guys so very much because there's, there's nothing like it. And what I saw last year with what the team was doing and knowing who's on the field right now, knowing who you brought in and knowing that you guys got a taste of it. Um, I have no doubt at all that you guys are going to make a run and you guys are going to make a deep run and I'm ready for another national championship. No, we want that too. Um, but I coach tells that story a lot. Um, and you guys probably don't know but the rose is a song that is incredibly special to central softball and to hear um an alumni that uh from way back um even talking about how important it was then and it's it's something that we that we listen to and it's an important song for us and um he he has told that story plenty uh, of times and I just I love hearing it from alumni themselves because it just shows how really special um the stuff that we do here and the stuff that we have here um and it's also cool to, to hear that um we, we still have it you know like that that song has been around for so long and to hear that you got to listen to that before you went on to win a national championship is so amazing and I hope at at some point this season we get to experience something so memorable like that because that is that is like a song that hits a special place in all of our hearts even now like the way it did for you guys it is I think one of the really cool things that that ties your generation to all the generations that came between my generation and your generation I think um when you guys have high hopes so we used to do high hopes, but we used to do high hopes with a uh, boom box with a tape. And it was so slow to what you guys um, sing it today, which which is really cool. And I think you guys still listen to when you put your heart in it. So that was like that was 30 plus years ago as well that that we had that one around. And I think you actually I, I, I know that you guys have some of your warm up music it was the same stuff that we had on our warm up tape. 30 plus years ago as well. And I, I don't know, I just think that's one of the things when you come back as an alumni that that makes you feel connected to the team. I think that 
the number tradition of knowing who had your number and um, having a vested interest in who has your number now. I mean, I was number 15 way back when, and so I don't know who's number 15 right now, so I'm so excited to find out who that's going to be. Um, but all of the 15s before I have known and have a relationship with, and um, I just think it's one of the really, really cool things about Central Softball. I think that's one of the really cool things about playing at Division Three as well. I think you get that. Um, it's just a different feel, um, I think, when you play at a smaller school and you just – you're playing it because you love it. You're not playing it necessarily because you're being paid to play it. And that's my bias. And I understand that, but I, I really think there is something to that. Well, I think on any recruiting trip for a central prospect, they just need to play him this part in the podcast and be like, here's what you'd be walking into. And I don't know how you would say no to that. I feel like I want to join the team right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing yep. to get to experience yeah. this. That's awesome. So you kind of started leading us in there, Laura. Um, let's wrap this conversation up by just talking about Division Three and and your experiences in D3 and the future of it. So first off, Brandy, I'll have you kick it off this one. Um, what does it mean to you to be a D3 student athlete? You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. You get great academics at a school like Central. You might be able to be involved in some other things outside of your sport. So overall, what has your experience meant to you? You know, I, I was thinking about this question today, and it's it's hard for me to really um, explain what it means to be a D3 athlete. Um, but what I do know is that the, the phrase student athlete is, that's what it is. It's student athlete. And um coaches are very are very good about um, making sure we know that there is a life after college there is a life after softball we don't get to play softball the rest of our lives like we some of us probably wish we could um and so they make it really important they make a note to make it important that uh, um, our academics matters and what I'm sure um Laura can attest to is that uh, what we are outside of the field shows just um, as much what our team is like. Um, and so something that coaches really harp on is that who we are outside of the field is just as important as who we are when we're stepping on the field. There's no, there's really not a big difference about the type of character that we have. Um, and so to be a D3 athlete and getting to really focus on both of those um, is really important to me because like Laura said, we don't get paid to, we don't get paid to do this. Right. And so there we're here because first of all, our education matters, but also we're here to play the sport that we love. And I think that you can see that with really any D3 athletes, because um, whether it's D3 or D2 or D1, you're, you're still, you're getting to play in college and not many people get to do that. Um, but what sets apart D3 is that, um, players really go there to get this experience um, because we don't we don't get um, some of the luxury that other other schools do which is okay but um, getting to to really take it in and and know that we're here to be students but also to be athletes is it's great being a d3 athlete I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything um, no matter what it it could have been 
uh, I'm pretty, I'm grateful to be a D3 athlete because I've learned a lot of lessons and I've learned how, how hard you really have to work to, to make both work, to make both of them important. Um, so yeah. Hey, and Laura, how about you? Um, so I've had a little bit more time to reflect um, since I have graduated on what it means to be a D3 athlete. Um, when I was at Central, I also was very, very blessed with some people that had a vested interest in women's athletics. Um, being a woman athlete, you know, I have to throw Caitlin Clark in here right now. What she's doing right now for um, women's athletics is absolutely amazing. Um, but it hasn't always been that way. And I can't say that it hasn't been that way at Central because women athletes, ever since I stepped foot on the campus, have been um, respected, I would say, the same as male athletics um, have been. And that's because of people like Ken Weller, who was, um, you know, kind of an architect in Division Three, But he, he was one of, he was my president um, at Central and he was at our games and he would come up and talk with us. And um, Dean Giles, Marjorie Giles, um, also another phenomenal person in women's athletics and in division three as well, and Coach Skipper. And I had some amazing people that were in our corner as women athletes and as softball players. They they were at all of our games and it was amazing. Um, so I think my perception or my reflection, I think is a better word of being a division three athlete is it's a division where you can really have it all. And um, did we work hard? Um, yes. Did we have to do the weight training with coach Johnson? Absolutely not. Sorry for any, um, we were kind of more on our own weight training, but um, but we did work hard. So we worked outside of season, even though it wasn't a required practice. Um, we were competitive. We we could play division at we played division two and division one schools and we were beating them. So you can be competitive, but also being a science person and Franny, you probably had this happen. Like I had labs sometimes between three and four. And practice started at three o'clock. And so sometimes I had to be late because I had to be at lab between three and four and it was okay. And it's like coaches encouraged that. And I guess that's my biggest thing about division three. And when I talk to some of my high schoolers and, and they want to go on and play basketball or they want to play volleyball and, and they're kind of trying to make those decisions, I'll talk with them about that. And, you know, it's like, consider playing division three. It's not less competitive than some of the others. Um, I know you can't say I'm on scholarship, um, but you can really have it all. You can graduate in four years. You can have an amazing degree. You can be extremely competitive and you are going to build relationships with people stronger, not just the people on your team, but the people that are in your classes, your smaller size classes usually, that are going to that are going to last you a lifetime. So I, I am a huge proponent because obviously I played um, at a division three, but I am a huge proponent of everything that division three can be. And I am very excited with what I'm seeing with 
women's athletics in Division Three as well. And I'm excited the trajectory that that is on. And Franny, I'm grateful that you are uh, a person that is leading that charge in that trajectory as well. I, I love that we have a voice like that in the high school system and the coaching in high school system, because you're right, there are some misconceptions or opinions about Division Three. I've worked in college athletics for almost a decade now. So um, I love that there is someone in the high school realm who can correct those things or or advise students on, you know, what Division Three actually is. Um, so appreciate you, Laura. Um, Thank you. My last question for both of you is the future of Division Three. So once again, you kind of teed me up perfectly there at the end, Laura, but um, you know, this podcast is part of our 50th anniversary. So we're 50 years down of division three and many, many more to come. So Laura, I'll have you start this one in Franny. You can close this, this episode out, but what do you see or what do you hope to see for the future of D3? I, <laughs> this is a hard one. Um, I think college athletics right now is, is changing rapidly and I don't have an opinion yet necessarily if I think it's for the better or not. Um, I know there's a lot of things that go on with the transfer portal. I know there's a lot of things that go on with NIL deals. Um, I like that Division Three doesn't necessarily have that piece as much. I mean, people transfer. There are Division Three NIL deals, but I think it's a lot of times division three athletes play for the joy of playing and realize that athletics is part of their life. It is not their entire life. It does not have to define the person they are. So they could succeed on the field or they might fail on the, on the field for that game, but that doesn't, define them as a person. They're still going to go to their class. They're still going to ace their test. Um, they're still going to have dinner at the cafeteria. They're still going to laugh with their friends. Um, I think that's a joy of division three athletics and not being as all consuming maybe as a division two or a division one athlete. So my hope for division three is that we can keep that athletics is part of who you are and it's a wonderful part of who you are and it's a wonderful four-year experience that is going to teach you so much it's I honestly believe athletics at high school and athletics at college are probably the best classroom that you can ever have but it's not you. It's not who you are. It's going to make you the person. Um, it's going to be a part of making you the person who you are. All right. And Franny, what, what do you see? Well, you know, hearing you, you speak, Laura, it's like, I, I can hear coach saying that to us because that's, that stuff. He says that to us all the time that like failure on the field doesn't mean failure as a person. It doesn't mean that you can't go to class and succeed there. Um, he says all the time. He says that all the time that um, failure in that moment doesn't mean failure as a person. And and I do agree with you. I co college athletics is changing, and I I believe it's for both the better. And also, I'm sure there are also some 
cons to to that as well. Um, but I also agree that D3 is is really kind of its own special thing because you're right, we we don't we don't get some of the luxuries as um D2 and D1 schools. Um, but those that play D3 really are playing for the joy of it. And I agree, college is college is something you should really experience. Um I I've really enjoyed my my four years, almost four years here at Central. And I I would hope that D3 athletics continues to to be that way, to be an experience for people to play the sport that they love, but also to figure out what their future is going to look like. Because like I said before, athletics doesn't carry you, not all the time, for some obviously it does. Um, Athletics doesn't always carry you throughout your lifetime. And what I love about softball is that there, it, like you said, it is a classroom. Um, coach really tries to teach us what the real world is going to be like. Things aren't always going to be easy. Things aren't always going to go your way. You're going to fail at some things. Um, you're going to hear no. You're going to have, you're going to fail an exam. And it's just the way that you respond um, that's going to help you in the future. And so I think D3 Athletics really gets you to see that because you're really in the thick of it. You're a student and you're also an athlete, um, but you're getting to to really enjoy and experience both being just a student, but also being an athlete. Um, and it is a great way to um, set you up for what they would call the real world, right? Because um, when you get a job, when you apply for a job, you, somebody is going to say no, but that doesn't make you a failure, right? So it's just... Um, I, I would hope that D3 continues to be that for people, to be something that they can just enjoy and experience because that's what it's what it's like for, for us here. I, I know that's what it's like for me. I get to really pursue something that I want to pursue um, in terms of my academics, but I this is an experience that I, that I never could have dreamed of, getting to play softball at such a competitive um, college. And um, I've learned a lot and some of it was hard to go through obviously like there's it's always going to be a roller coaster but I think D3 really exemplifies that because you, you are playing for the joy of it like that's that's really what it is you want to play to play and um, there's nothing more to it than that and um, I really hope D3 continues to be that I know that things change and things evolve and sometimes it's for the best sometimes it's for not but if it does evolve I I hope that D3 still continues to be an experience that um is a balance between both being a student and an athlete because I think it's important to before you go into the real world to experience what it's like to be a student and then to be an athlete because there are different lessons there so yeah Thank you both so much for joining me today. I have had the best time hearing your stories. Um, I love how still how involved you still are, Laura. So I made this even more fun that you um, can chime in on a lot of the, the discourse of what's going on these days. Um, Franny, your season gets underway in just a couple of days. So best of luck this year. Hopefully you will be the next national champion for Central College. Um, I would love to see that at the end of the season. You get to take a trip down to Texas and win that. So. 
um, good luck this year. Thank you so much. And thank you for asking me to do this. Um, it's a really good honor. <laughs> and Franny, I'm just letting you know that I saved a couple personal days so that I can go watch <laughs> you at nationals. So that's what I love to hear. We'll be there. <laughs> there you go. To everyone listening, thanks for tuning into this episode of Small Talk. We post new episodes every week. To follow along with everything Division Three, you can find us on social media at NCAAD3 or NCAADIII. Make sure to join the conversation with us all year long by using the hashtag DIII50. Have a great day and we'll see you for some more Small Talk next week.